Welcome to The Fix, the podcast made for the trades, where we sit down with inspiring individuals across the trades to discuss their unique take on the industry, including career paths, job site stories, overcoming challenges, and everything in between. I'm your host, Catherine, a marketer here at Odie, with my co-host and friend, Doug, one of Odie's resident experts in all things trades. The Fix is more than a podcast. It's a community, a community built to support tradespeople and inspire the next generation of essential pros. Let's start the conversation. Welcome back to another episode of The Fix, a conversation around the trades. Catherine, I'm going to tell you something. Our library of uh, guests at this point in time is just off the hook. I know. And I'm telling you, I was so excited about today that I went home and studied the Ohio State Plumbing Code, <laughs> and I also brushed up on some of my application techniques because we have a real expert in house today. All right, we might have to change, flip the script here today, and uh, you might have to be the student instead I, of being the trainer. I'm ready today. to assume the apprentice position at this point. <laughs> I love it. Well, our guest today is training director Jason Shank from Cleveland, Ohio Local Union, where he oversees training for all apprentices and journeymen for recertification. He is also the president of ASSE International. Jason is a first-generation trade pro who paved the way for himself within the industry, helping both young adults and those in their late 20s who may have already obtained their four-year degree and are looking for a fresh start. Welcome to the conversation, Jason. Oh, thanks for having me. It's great. Well, hey, we want to talk a little bit about your journey and how you got here. So as a first-generation plumbing professional, tell us about your decision to go to a four-year college and then transition into the trades. Um. Yeah, it's it started off as far as ending up in the trades. It started off uh, kind of just by happenstance. Um, but going to college, it was like everybody else. I not to show my age, but I graduated high school in '92 here out of uh, Northeast Ohio school system, and uh, you know there was no other options at the time. There was still uh, manufacturing and, and jobs, so a lot of friends and, and people went to manufacturing. Um, you know, family members were at a plant, they got in, sure. uh, others went into military, which is, you know, still a choice that a lot of people are doing today. Unlike the manufacturing though, there's not a whole lot of those choices left around. So right. the idea was you had to go to college and that was the expectation. Um, so as you go through, you just, okay, well, I was interested in music and I had always played guitar. And, um, so there was a Bowling Green State University had a great, uh, jazz program and, uh, you know, uh, an instructor I had met a few times, uh, Chris Bazzelli was up there. And so I went there and said, I'll try this because I had no other sure. options or interest. You know, I would never ended up at college. Uh, I, I was pretty much done with school, but. So I went and did that and, uh, you know, graduated in four years and realized that life is now starting, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, you know, you, you got to hustle a lot with uh, with those type of careers and things. And, uh, you know, to make ends meet, I started working with a friend of my brother's uh, who is uh, still a uh, journeyman plumber with uh, with Plumbers Local 55, uh, ended up getting organized. Oh, cool. um, and he had ran his own kind of small construction uh, for plumbing uh, services and things like that. So I started working with him a couple days and then it becomes three, four days and it became five days. And then I was out of a job because uh, he was shutting down his business and, and, and going to work, uh, you know, for contractors for local 55. And uh, they said, well, come on in if you want. And I said, okay. So I had already started to enjoy it. Uh, it's a hands-on, uh, you know, kind of 
education you get to see at the end of the day that you know that uh, the water closet flushes or somebody has a shower you fix somebody's sink and right. you know all that kind of stuff so there's a self-satisfaction to a lot of that and uh, so I ended up getting into the training program that we had uh, at the uh, the local there and uh, just started from there switched over to apprenticeship um, graduated the apprenticeship five years later and uh, that I started teaching almost immediately out of the box. Um, <clears throat> most of that was because uh, you had mentioned the plumbing code at the start of this. Right. Is because the state of Ohio switched from its, well, the city of Cleveland here and the state of Ohio had their own code. Well, everybody went to one of the national codes around 2000, 2001. And that's about when I was getting out of my time. So we go to take our master's test or sure. our journeyman yeah. plumber's test. And they're like, all right, well, we got to teach you this other code now. So you have to take a test on that. Uh, so did you have any mentors throughout the way who helped guided you? I know you said uh, you came and worked for a friend, um, you know, and, and kind of got you connected then into your local 55. But when you look back, do you say like, yeah, this person really um, made an impact? or many people who maybe made an impact. Yeah, there's there's ones all over the place, especially when you, you are in a business like this where you're on the job site and you're going to different people all the time. You're going to different job sites, working with different crews. You're not always working with the same individuals. Uh, but how the uh, an apprenticeship or you know the, the other term people like to use is mentoring programs go is that is what they're doing. They're passing on you know their their information. And it's not just the knowledge, it is their attitudes, it's their work skills, it's their, how they view life are all part of that mixed into that, you know, and, and it's your job to kind of figure out what you want to do and how you want to do. So yeah, early on, I was uh, with a company that I got placed with. And uh, very early on, there was two, uh, actually, it was two brothers, one older and one younger, that must have saw something or, or enjoyed. And, and I worked with them almost uh, on every job for a couple of years. Um, and then when I start going to other jobs, it's just kind of snowballed from there. Sure. But it, I would say introduction wise, uh, those two were the biggest ones. I mean, they gave, they set the tone for me of, Hey, you show up every day and always be prepared. And, you know, moving through those things that kind of set the tone that gave me the opportunities or the doors that open later on in life. Sure. Yeah, that's great. And then did you ever feel like to it, it made you want to be a mentor to others that were coming into the trades and starting to learn? Yeah, absolutely. And and that's kind of the fostering nature of, you know, the the program that I that I oversee now is yeah. So Monday and Tuesday uh this week we had uh some Max Hayes students uh from the Max Hayes uh, yeah, City absolutely. Cleveland schools. Uh the the Cleveland Building Trades, uh, some of us have agreements where we have school to uh, apprenticeship or school to trainee programs with them. And part of that is, is a couple times a year, the students that are in those programs have the opportunity, if they have their attendances and their grades, to come to any of our training centers, the plumbers, pipe fitters, uh, sheet metal worker, whoever it might be, electricians, and spend two days with our eight-hour class during the day that we're teaching apprentice. So we had four uh, Max A students come in. Excellent. And you know, and now all of a sudden, I have these first-year and second-year apprentices who have some skills, and sure. now they're in charge of sitting next to that person in class saying, no, 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 this is how you do this math problem. Yeah. No, no, this is what they mean. And then we take them out in the shop in the afternoon, and they're teaching them how to actually... That's great. Um, you know, install something. And now they're taking ownership and it flips for them now too. They're like, oh, I, I guess I am the teacher now. Right. You, you know, right. So it, it's a very, very nice setup. We do something similar with uh, Boy Scouts Plumbing Merit Badge. Uh, we've been doing probably seven, eight years now. Uh, spend a Saturday and bring in Boy Scouts and Girl Scouts. And, you know, it's the same thing. 
we have our apprentices come in and they teach them, okay, this is how you're going to solder. This is how you're going to thread pipe. This is how you're going to, you know, change out a P-trap. And, um, yeah. and, and we oversee it to make sure, cause we are dealing with, you know, right. you know yeah, miners and stuff, but, uh, <laughs> and everybody's, you know, a, a merit badge counselor, but at the end of the day, those apprentices. So right. it's, it, it's, it's the constant churning of that. Yeah. Well, it's interesting. You brought up uh, Max Hayes cause we also have a partnership with them um, in regards to manufacturing, which is right across the street here from the university. And just maybe three weeks ago, we had Girl Scouts of Northeast Ohio here and they got um, one of their badges for doing some work here. So it, it, it's, it's all of us, I feel like doing our part to help bring awareness and to talk. And we talked about manufacturing and we also talked about plumbing because mm. I think it's important for us as, as as a manufacturer, not only to talk about and a brand, um, you know, our trade of manufacturing, but also the trades that we service, which we have a lot of people who utilize our product in electrical and roofing and uh, across many trades that we need to continue, like we're doing today, to have in the conversation of how we gain that pipeline. Tell us a little bit more about your role at Plumbers 55 and what does a typical day look like for you? Um, you know, what type of students do you serve? Um, is every day different? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think with everybody's world these, uh, these days, <laughs> every day is a little different. But uh, uh, prior to uh, COVID and, and and school shutting down, we had, uh, for the past year and a half, we're doing remote training, which is hard because we're, we try to do at least half of it is educational training in a classic sense. And then the other half is, okay, we just learned all this. Now go out in the shop and do it, um, whatever that may be you know, projects may be, and you don't have that when you were doing remote. So prior to COVID, a uh, typical day is going to be starting, uh, we have, we're lucky we do, uh, with our contractors in the union, is they get paid for their training. So mm -hmm. probably about, the, in the five-year apprenticeship program, you're looking at about uh, probably around 1,000 hours of training, hands-on training and classroom training sure. over the five years. So it's about 200 hours a year. That you also would get credit from um, Tri-C Community College is also a partner, and you get college credit building towards a two-year degree in, say, plumbing or electrical or things of that nature. Um, so they would come in for eight hours, and instead of going to the job site at 7 o'clock in the morning, they come here, and we would spend uh, three or four hours going over math uh, science or, or, or installation techniques, drawings, uh, learning all those things that maybe they're not getting a chance to or reinforcing the things right. that they get on the job. But an apprenticeship is 90% on the, in, in the field getting paid while you're actually there, doing the job, yeah. not accruing debt, and then you come and see us you know, for, for 200 hours uh, a school year, and you get paid for the majority of that. There are night classes. Yeah. So my normal day is, okay, make sure – you know, instructors have everything for the, you know, for the morning and get going and everybody show up and we do all that kind of stuff and they run it like a normal day. So we have, you know, full-time instructors, um, Doreen Can's one of them and we've had, uh, that's how I started, uh, was, was doing that as a nighttime instructor and a full-time and then go through the day and they, and they get that done. So that may be, like I said, on Monday is first year class usually, Tuesday is second year class, third, fourth, fifth as Got we it. go through. Okay. And then at the end, we get all that cleaned up, and then probably as everybody's getting done with their job at 4.30 uh, or 3.30, 4 o'clock, they start coming in, and they have their their dinner and some more apprentices. So we may have trainees showing up that night 
uh, for night classes that usually start and go from like five to nine. So mm-hmm. now you have this changeover and everybody's got problems. So, <laughs> you know, I deal with that towards the end of the day and then get all the classes settled and uh, get all the different instructors, you know, whatever they need and yeah. rinse and repeat. So yeah. it's it's seven to nine o'clock at night, Monday through Thursday. Most of the time we absolutely stay off weekends as much as possible. Uh, very rarely do we uh, we require anything on a Friday evening or, or a Saturday or a Sunday. Yeah. Um, so that's your time. But yeah. it, it is a full-time, I mean, they consider it a full-time student and you're working 40 hours a week in the yeah. field. Yeah. So. One of the things I heard you say, and I think it's um, a great structure, is you had said that the individual days you have the first year, second year, third year, because big thing about getting into the trades a lot of times is confidence, Mm -hmm. you know? So if you stick a first year apprentice in with a fourth year apprentice, that first year guy, ah, he's going to set back. He's not going to want to engage. He doesn't want to be embarrassed. Mm -hmm. Okay. But by having them all grouped together at the same learning stage in their career, I think that does a great job for building confidence. Yeah. And I also, Doug, I picked up on, um, paid, I mean, that's a really big feature is that you're getting paid for training and you're getting paid to do this work. And I think that that is um, a huge thing to be able to tell people that it's not like we're asking you to come in and give your time and and learn about something. We're actually saying we're going to pay you to come in and learn something, which is totally different. And And the education is free. So, I mean, it's paid for like me as a member. I I pay in... uh, myself, I work for the trust fund, which is oversaw by the contractors in the union. So mm-hmm. they sit at the table and they say, okay, this is the training we want. This is the trends we're seeing. This is how we want to do it, how many hours. And then they hire a guy like me to go ahead and administrate that. And then we hire instructors to go ahead and train for those specific things. But every hour that somebody is working, they pay into this trust fund to pay for that apprentice, to sure. not have any cost for that schooling, not to occur debt, all that kind of fun stuff. Uh, and then when they become the journey person, they pay into the fund and they're paying for the next generation. Sure, so absolutely. It, it really works out well in that situation. So you're debt free, you're getting paid, um, and then you move on with life. Yeah. And, and, I, fantastic. and I want to highlight on something that Doreen talked about as well. Um, one of our other uh, guests is she talked about equal pay. So not only that, but there's equal pay for both men and women um, on the job, which I think is a really important thing to continue to highlight. Yeah, absolutely. Doreen, she did uh, educate us on some challenges that are faced whenever the women do enter the trades. Uh, But, you know, the support is there. Conversation's always there. And if you're treated as an equal, a lot of times you'll excel faster. Mm -hmm. You know, if you're looked down upon for any reason whatsoever, uh, the confidence goes down. I might not even want to come back. Yeah. So I think that's fantastic how you guys have that team equality uh, thought process. Yeah, and then the, the program we're talking about is the apprenticeship program. And it is registered with the State of Ohio Apprenticeship Council. It's regulated by the Department of Labor. Um, it's it's an, an actual agreement. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when, when we just brought in 15 new apprentices in early October, you know, we sat down and I had to explain, all right, this is what your starting pay will be. And everybody's like, oh, okay, that's good. And I'm like, here's what it'll be six months from now. Here's what it'll be from a year. And they're like, what do you mean? You know, I've never had a job where it's being spelled out that if I do A, B, C, and D mm-hmm. in six months time, I will get to this pay. And it, it, it's an actual contracted agreement that says we are going to provide this. 
if we're not providing this, you have the right to go ahead and say to the state of Ohio or the Department of Labor that, hey, I'm not getting this, and then those problems are worked out if it happens. Uh, but then we're saying for you, yeah, you're getting paid, it's free education, but we're going to require you to do these things and sure. work these hours. And once they do that, they move up. Everybody seems a little shocked by that, but it's an actual signed agreement you know, mm-hmm. between yeah. that apprentice and, and the JATC or the apprenticeship program. Um, and they all work this way. It's all the same. It doesn't matter which trade you go into. Now, is the education mm-hmm. that uh, the students are getting at the union uh, trade school, does that get them any kind of college type of degree also? Yeah, and that gets into a little bit with the college thing. We are currently and have been probably for 10 or 15 years now uh, in partnership with uh, Tri-C Community College. Mm -hmm. Um, So what that does is that makes them a student at Tri-C, makes my training center an adjunct training uh, facility through the college. Um, and they get college credit for the stuff that they, they take. Great. So mm. they end up getting going through our program probably close to 50, or I can't remember the numbers, so I don't want to lie, but I think it was around 50 credit hours, you know, almost 10, 50, 10 to 12 credit hours a, a year to do this, and it's considered full-time. Mm. So we have older students now, when I say older, people that may have done a year or two of college or have college um, or even, you know, people that had a career in 10 years and something else, which a college degree and then just switch, uh, they still have done it. So they're taking, you know, they're making $15, $16 an hour to begin with. They may have other bills, family obligations. They can use that and defer their loans if they want because they're a full-time student. Great you know, point. Through, through that. Um, and then, then when they get to that point where they're making good money or something in their life changes, now all of a sudden you're not a full-time student, but you're making, you know, $38 an hour, it becomes a little easier to pay those debts back. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Great point. So I want to switch a little bit of the conversation about those who are considering, you know, a plumbing profession. And you work with so many different people, individuals, students, and in different walks of life. Can you tell us what success typically looks like? You know, in other words, like what skills, what's personality traits um, that you find really work and translate well into the trades? And I would say this is probably not a surprise for anyone, but somebody that likes to work with their hands is usually somebody that excels in not just this career, but uh, any, any type of manual labor type idea. Um, so you have different stages uh, for, for my particular you know, area for plumbing, um, and some of the other mechanical trades, there's a secondary component. You have to enjoy learning by doing, but you also have to have some more of the the book part of things. There, There's a, a level of math you have to be able to get to and understand and comprehend. Uh, there's a level of understanding blueprint reading, uh, you know, if and and mechanical reasoning and and if I do A B is going to happen and if B happens then C will you know there there's a little bit more thought process on on those systems than let's say somebody has to have the math skills to be an apprentice and learn how to become a uh, a cement mason there's square footage there's all this stuff you have to do there's manual it's physical but once everything is set it's pretty much done. Whereas I may walk into your facility here and you may be calling me because you have a problem with your heating system or I should say your, your water system. Mm-hmm. I have to understand this whole system. I have to be able to diagnose what's going on, where it's at, have the people skills, have everything else to be able to do this in order to just figure out what the problem is. Right. So, you know, those type of people where you can have both, where somebody, let's just say, is uh, more of a book smart 
somebody that is a hands-on learner and loves, you know, to just get in there and do it somewhere in the middle, that person, if you could find people like that, they are the ones that become the leaders. They are the ones that really seem to excel. So for those who want to get started and, and even really so many high schoolers are often overwhelmed trying to decide what they want to do with the rest of their lives. What advice uh, would you give those interested in plumbing or even the trades? Yeah, and and I think everybody is is struggled with this with the let's just say older industries and apprenticeships and building trades. I would say are older <laughs> industries is getting to that social media platform because none of us really do it. Um, but there is a ton of information out there. If you wanted to learn how to. Uh, you find anything you want to learn how to do on, on YouTube, right? Um, right? There's a ton of videos out there and from these apprenticeship programs or these these unions and, and other resources, um, you know, companies such as yourself that will put out, you know, little things about information on what it is. If you can get high school students to start looking at that or you can get, you know, middle schoolers maybe having projects done like, you know, mm-hmm. research what a plumber does. You know, those are not the discussions that are going on. Um, and then like I had mentioned before that, you know, we're in partnership with uh, Tricia Community College here, that the thing that they've done is they've gotten into, I'm not sure middle school level yet, but uh, high school level, where they're doing college courses with mm-hmm. their sophomores, juniors, seniors a lot of times. Smart. So they've already gotten their thought process into that person's head when and giving them college credit so is the next step for somebody like me with an apprenticeship program is do i get a high school student program Mm -hmm. where they get credit and come in so those are kind of the discussions that are starting to look at is using that model of well they've already been led down this path far enough it's hard for me or anybody else to convince them not to go that path, right? Because that's what they've been led to, to say what it is. Right. So there's a lot of different great ideas going on. I'm not sure where things will go end up being. No, I think it's great insight. And I think there's a lot of things that all of us need to try to test and learn, see what's going to work, see what programs stick. Um, But I think the more brands, manufacturers, unions, plumbers are having the dialogue around the trades and showing the value and showing the, the, um, what you can gain for your life from it, you know, talking about uh, equal pay, talking about pay um, in training really will make an impact. And it's about a lot of us getting our voices heard and so that people can understand a little bit more. Yeah, you just mentioned, Catherine, you had said, you know, it's about trying different things. Mm -hmm. So, Jason, one of the questions I have for you is, are you set up in your training facilities to have someone of interest Maybe want to try it out. Mm-hmm. Maybe bring them in, let them participate in a couple classes on a very low level because logistics are always a big deal. Yep. But have them do a little bit of experience and try it on because then they might say, ah, this really isn't me. Or they might say, you know what? Yeah, this is what I want to do. Yeah, and I'm going to say uh, my program officially participates in a lot of these type of programs. Uh, to say that we have it uh, uh, just for our program, no. Um, but the Greater Cleveland Building Trades and, and Contractors Associations are, are trying different things. And this summer, um, you know, there's uh, Cleveland Building Trades and um, uh, Cleveland Builds, which is a contractor and, and building trades organization for promotion, um, has tried a new program. And we housed it this first year at our training center 
um, where people were able to apply and they got interviewed like you would normally do for a job. And then they came in and for four weeks, two nights a week, uh, so they would, you know, go to work and then at five to nine, they came down to the training center and it was the middle of the summer. Nobody wants to be there. It's beautiful out, you know what I mean? <laughs> so, you know, showing that dedication that this is something they wanted to do and they were run through projects and education and, uh, you know, they'd spend two hours in the classroom learning some things and then two hours applying that. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we did that for eight nights. We had them on lifts. We had them, you know, building forms, mixing concrete, uh, you know, all, all different things that you could try and do. And the different trades showed up and, and taught them, you know, here's what it's like, here's what to expect. So, you know, there are more and more of those type of programs going on. That's so. great. That is absolutely great. So let me let me recap this thing, Catherine. So I could try something out yep. and not commit to a four-year college. Right. Okay. Mm -hmm. I can get paid while I'm learning. Right. I can get a free notebook. I can get uh, I can get training from the very basics to the high level, which makes me prepared for a journeyman. Mm -hmm. And all I got to do is call Jason. Yeah. <laughs> so I need your number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And we talked a little bit about those who are, you know, in middle school or in high school. But I also think that there is a market maybe for those who are apprentices or individuals in their late 20s, early 20s, or maybe they, they did like yourself. They went to college, got out of their four-year degree and like, hmm, this isn't what I thought it was going to be. So what are, are some of the common reasons, you know, you think people are looking for that fresh start and that trades are a good solution for them to make that fresh start? And it really comes down to the individuals. We've had, uh, I think I've been doing it as far as training director 12 years. And I don't have numbers, I don't have stats here, but just my feeling of the whole is it really does come down to the individual. We've had students come right out of high school, 18 years of age, apply, get in by 18, 19, um, and do extremely well. And then we've had ones that just were not ready for it where, you know, what do you mean I have to go to work every day or they don't want to do any more schoolwork. And, you know, I mean, right. and just weren't mature enough or weren't in a position in their life where this mattered, where I have a career, I'm going to be making X amount of money and I'm going to be able to raise my family. Right. They just didn't have enough responsibility or maturity enough to do that. Um, so it really depends on that individual. The, where we're finding more success and where we're getting more and more of the percentage of applicants and people coming in are your people that have spent a couple of years in college are people that maybe have joined the workforce three, four or five years and realized I'm not going anywhere with this. I don't see an avenue to, to, to progress any further. And they hear one of their friends or, or somebody like that talk about, well, why don't you try this or try to get into an apprenticeship program and, Things of that nature. So we're seeing probably mid-20s is what's coming up. People that have had college have some debt. People that maybe have families already or financial responsibilities, mm -hmm. uh, which, you know, it, it really, really takes away a lot of the problems. And I'm not saying that this group that I'm talking about is perfect. Sure, you know, sure. It's all dependent on the individual, but majority of them have been around the block once or twice and realized, okay, I, I better make a go with this, mm -hmm. you, know, you know, and, and, and we're not looking for somebody to do the five-year program and then walk away and never, we're looking for you to be around for 30, 35 years right. to then, you know, keep working and live your life and, and do that, but help then educate the next one. Yep. So, um, you know, individuals, 
come and go in the program all the time. And there is no real problem with that. We have people that just say, listen, this is not what I expected. Sure. Um, and it's like, yeah, fine, no harm, no, harm, no foul. Uh, and then you have other ones that you try to bring them along, right? Yeah. And, and, and you, you know, a lot of times I, I say my other part of the job you asked is, is a counselor a lot of times. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I just need, somebody needs to come in and just vent and tell me how, what their problems are. And I'm right. like, all right, so what do we want to do about it? I, I'm good now, thanks. Oh, and then other ones that have serious problems or, uh, or just haven't figured out, you know, what they want to do. And it's like, well, there is a standard here and, we have to treat everybody the same way as sure. we were talking about the equality thing. Yep. And if you can't do this or you don't want to do this, your choice will be made for you. <laughs> you know, that yeah, kind right, of right. kind of situation. Can't so um, I, I don't want to paint it as this rosy thing either. It, 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 people come into the program and leave the program all the time. Sure. There's nothing wrong with that. They just weren't either ready for it or they realized it wasn't for, for them. Um, but at the end of the day, probably 70% finish finish that's a great statistic that is a great statistic and you know the other thing is too you said some don't finish okay some figure out that's not what they want but i still feel that those individuals even though they're leaving the program even though they're leaving the organization they can still walk away and say hey you know what i tried something different and i can scratch that off on an avenue i don't want to go on or in in some other cases it becomes that they realize, okay, I'm not going to do this for the rest of my life, but they learn those couple skills or pick up some things and it blossoms into something else mm-hmm. into their life, um, which isn't uncommon to happen. You know, I, I get it. Not everybody wants to be up at five thirty, six o'clock in the morning and go outside when it's snowing and Oof. then and go to work and, and spend eight hours in the cold and then go home and try not to fall asleep during dinner. Or, sure. You know I mean? I get it. And it's not for everybody, but as you know, with what you're doing here, there's a lot of different other careers to this, but it really starts with you getting your hands dirty, getting in there and figuring out. And then you realize, okay, I'm not going to do this the rest of my life, but you know, there's an avenue over here I can take. I can become an inspector. I can become a teacher. I can be, you know, go work for a manufacturer because you have the experience you have with that. Right. So I always try to gauge it as, okay, you're an apprentice get through the apprenticeship, focus on it. And then the rest of the doors will open up when you're done mm-hmm. and you're able to go through and, and do what you want to do. Sure. Yep. And I'm sure that there's people too, that would probably, as some people might say, Oh gosh, I can't imagine getting up at five and working outside when it's cold. And other people who look at someone who maybe is in an office going, Oh my gosh, I can't imagine going in from eight to five, sitting at a desk, looking at a computer and that's it, you know. So I, I can see both sides of it where some people are like, oh, I want, I, I need to do something tangible with my hands and I like to be outside because of the fresh air and I don't get to, you know, do all those things. And I think that there's kind of that perspective on both sides. Yeah, absolutely. And you had asked what's another characteristic. That's a big one. Um, somebody that wants a, you know, okay, every week I'm going to have 40-hour paycheck. I'm going to be in a climate-controlled environment. I'm going to see the same people. That's not what this is, sure. you know, it's yeah. going to be different every day. And you're going to be asked maybe to do three, four different things in one day. And then you're gone to the next job. Um, or right. you may have to go work at night, uh, you know, at a hospital to, to do something at a surgical center. And the next day you have to be back during the day. So yeah, there's not a whole lot of, <laughs> I know what my day is going to look like. Right. right? You know? Yeah, exactly. I want to close on a couple last things, you know, and, and want to talk a little bit about planting the seed and, you know, what are some of the unique, unique ways you and your organization introduce 
to children, young adults, the plumbing profession. So, um, you know, we talked a little bit about boy, boy and Girl Scouts. Is there anything further you think, like, this is a way that we can continue, if we can focus here and continue to grow, that we can plant that seed for the trades? Yeah, I guess there's different ways to look at it, but um, I, I come back to the idea of just entertaining new paths. And um, whenever we do the, uh, the Boy Scout or Girl Scout thing, the I'm not looking at those individuals that are, you know, most of them are young, 13, 14, sure. uh, that are coming in as, okay, I expect you to be an apprentice, but I'm introducing them to what is an apprenticeship and this is how it works. And, and then we talk, uh, you know, what is plumbing and what is, you know, that kind of idea. So they're exposed to different concepts and ideas. And I think more of that type of idea is what you're looking at. What the funny thing is, is though, because we require a parent to be there or, or groups of parents to be there. Um, None of them know about apprenticeships either. Hmm. Almost every single one of them, I'd say 80 to 90% of them are like, I had no idea an apprenticeship was even around. Isn't that right. what they used to do in the old days? Uh, and, you know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, touching them now because now they still have guidance to their children. So I think, yeah, it's always good to do stuff with the younger They may remember it, They, you know, right. and have an impression. Yep. Mm-hmm. But if you can get that at that adult that parent to actually engage with that and say really this yeah. is you know I mean, an option so you know the school but then the associated parent organizations such as you know of that because i mean who knows a kid better than than the parent right, right? Absolutely. They, they know who's going to work well in a college environment and yep. who's going to work well you know, he really likes to work with his hands. He's always outside or, you know, things of that nature. So yeah. talking to, I think the other thing I would, I would like to start doing more and I guess PTAs or so around things like that, having more of those discussions mm-hmm. with the parents to say, there are other options for your child once they get out of school. Yeah. I think that's great. And, and Doug, this keeps coming up every conversation. It's the student, it's the parent's, and it's the guidance counselors, you know, yep. like that is the three pronged approach where everyone from their different walks of life have come in and said, we have to be able to talk to all three of those levels to be able to really um, give options and talk about the trades and get the point across that this is an opportunity for people. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. I mean, it's it, the, the more conversation you have with those who are closest to you, the more engaged you're going to want to feel about it. You know, if it's quick blip across the screen someplace or you heard a small conversation somewhere it's like yeah okay whatever but if it's continuous conversation with those closest to you I feel that's where the best results come from yeah and I would agree with you because most of the people that come into say our programs are not always necessarily family members it's actually a low amount actually usually Mm. they you know it's the old adage don't do what I do. I laid bricks so you didn't have to lay. Sure, you know, yeah, you know what I mean, sure. go to college. Yeah. Um, you still have that sort of mentality, but you're having friends that are, you know, mm-hmm. an apprentice that's in there and saying, hey, you know, why don't you try this? Why don't you try that? You're getting more of that kind of referral. Um, so I agree. It, it, it's definitely something that it, it has to come from them. You know, right. you can listen to me or whoever you want, but, um, you know, I it's just going to turn out to be those those individuals, that right person at the right time saying the right thing. But the awareness was so low out there. Sure. Um, yeah. And and with, again, I'm not 
bashing education, but with the thought that everybody had to go to college, they got rid of the shop classes. They got rid of mm-hmm. all these things that I was exposed to. Right. Uh, and, you know, we, it's a digital world. The kids aren't as much apt to go outside and fix their bike because the chain broke or, you know, I mean, right. you know, things of that nature is going on and they're getting less and less away from even thinking, Somebody else does that. I, I that's sure. not even a, a thing that I can even think about doing, right? Sure. right. Um, where a lot of us had some of those abilities and experiences. Yeah. Yep. Well, wonderful. Well, thank you so much for your time today. We greatly appreciate it, and looking forward to having more conversations uh, on this subject and about the trades here on the Fix. Thanks for joining us on this episode of the Fix. Be sure to follow us on your favorite podcast platform so you don't miss our next conversation dropping every Wednesday. If you have feedback about the show or a topic you'd like to see covered, send us an email at thefix@od.com or give us a shout out on social media. We would love to connect with you. Don't forget, you can get your daily fix by visiting od.com and we'll catch you next time.